Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, good to be here, isn't it? And it's a special day for us as Australians and, uh, and as New Zealanders, Anzac Day. And it's a day that seems to um, be growing in prominence in terms of our calendar and national significance over these, uh, over these past years, over these last 10, 15, 20 years or so. I remember as a kid um, being in school and, and having our Anzac Day Remembrance Services and, and being asked to, uh, to meditate and to take in the fact that the freedom that I enjoyed as a young kid in Australia, came at the cost of those that had, had freely given their life um, in, in serving in conflict uh, all around our world and including our home soil here in Australia. Uh, yes, there were, uh, there were dawn services, but they didn't seem to be, I'd get on and, and tune into those a little kid, but they didn't seem to be as well patronised as, um, as they are over these, um, over these re- more recent years. And I know there are members of our own uh, family, my own immediate family and Lynn's family, um, who, wouldn't, who chose not to march. Um, they served in the war, but they chose not to march because for them it was uh, too painful uh, to go through and to remember that experience. Or some would see it as a glorification of war. And for that reason, they, they didn't want to do that. Uh, Lynn's dad was a fighter pilot in uh, World War II. He actually survived uh, the plane going down twice. They called him, um, they said he had a metal bottom. I won't tell you what they actually called him, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's the reputation he had, he and his crew. And they survived two of those, and he would, he would never go and march. For him, it was something, war was not to be remembered. He would meet with his squadron every year. The fellows would go away for a weekend together, and they would rejoice in the camaraderie they had. But to march was not something that he chose to do um, on that day. And yet today, we see the resurgence in the, in the popularity and the prominence of Anzac Day remembrances. Uh, the years immediately before COVID saw record numbers. I'm sure you know some of you will have um, joined with many others, uh, thousands that would gather down there at Kellyville in the dawn service. They reckon 10 to 15,000 people would gather th- just there for a dawn service, unheard of numbers. And it's almost come, become a kind of a, a touchstone for us um, as Australians about the things that we value. Uh, patriotism, bravery, mateship, sacrifice, determination, and of course freedom. Freedom. And in our typical Australian style of backing the underdog, there is something for us about remembering that first Anzac uh, Day Anzac Cove, which for us was a, a complete defeat, a routing there on the, on the shores of Anzac Cove. But we almost rejoice that out of that, out of those humble beginnings, that we have, have risen as a nation to be proud and to be strong. It's almost like this triumph has come out of what we can look back on and see the tragedy of that first defeat. And so today, we'll be gathering at shrines and at monuments and at memorials, in places all around our country and overseas, 
Yes, there'll be people gathering overseas. I've had the opportunity to, to attend two Anzac Day services in the Solomon Islands as, as Aussies came there around the Australian High Com and, and the, the memorial that they had there and to gather with um, other Australians and to, and to express our thankfulness, our gratefulness to those who had fought for our freedom in the past and who continue to fight for that in our Defence Forces. But how do we feel about that as a church? How do we feel about that as, as Christians? Because I know for, for some Christians, Anzac Day does not sit well. Talking about war doesn't fit well for us. It's like we have the love of, of Jesus on the one hand and we're called to be peacemakers on the one hand and on the other hand we're almost being seen to be, if not glorifying war, standing with those who are fighting in a combat. You know, it's like oil and water. Can these two things really mix? How can we possibly participate in honouring the fallen and those that have been involved in, in conflict when Jesus calls us to be peacemakers? I had a mate who was about eight years my senior and uh, he felt uncomfortable or was made to feel uncomfortable as he went into a church in his army uniform after he'd come back from serving in Malaya uh, in, the, uh, in the late 60s, just at the end of the Malayan, um, you know, our forces in Malaya, about 1968. And he went into church in his uniform and people kind of were saying to him, is this the place to wear your uniform? Wow. Is this the place to wear your uniform? Should a Christian actually be taking up arms, some would ask. Aren't we all meant to be conscientious objectors? Yet we know that Jesus was a Prince of Peace. Jesus called us to be peacemakers. Jesus longs for us to know peace, a, a deep-seated personal peace that comes as we take hold of the relationship that we can have with God our Father through the sacrifice of Jesus. And Jesus calls us to turn the other cheek. But we also know that Jesus defended the cause, cause of the helpless, and the oppressed, and Jesus' work to overcome injustice. St. Augustine famously said, The purpose of all wars is peace. The purpose of all wars is peace. But we know that peace comes at a cost. We look at the apparent futility of war. At Anzac Cove, over 8,000 Australians were killed, and a further 26,000 were injured. On the 25th of April 1915, as our Anzac troops arrived at Anzac, what is now called Anzac Cove, in the early hours of, uh, of that morning, and went ashore, 16,000 Anzacs of our Anzacs went ashore on that day, on that morning, and by that evening, 2,000 had been killed or injured. One in eight that went upon those shores. It was a campaign that illustrated to us so graphically the futility and the brutality of war. And that there are other times when we could see peace break through. There were great victories. Almost three years after that, first Anzac Day at Anzac Cove, almost three years later, on the 24th of April 1918, our Australians were fighting on our Western Front. And it was a courageous and a brave fight to bring peace to the little village in northern France of Villers-Bretonneux. 
The Germans had taken the town on the, on the 24th of April, but that night and the following day, our Australian forces came in and they recaptured that city at the cost of 1,200 Australian lives. The town's mayor spoke of the Australian troops the following year when he unveiled a memorial in their honour. And he said, The first inhabitants of Villers Bretonneux to re-establish themselves in the ruins of what was once a flourishing little town have, by means of donations, shown a desire to thank the valorous Australian armies who, with the spontaneous enthusiasm and characteristic dash of their race, in a few hours drove out an enemy ten times their number. They offer a memorial tablet, a gift which is but the least expression of their gratitude compared with a brilliant feat which was accomplished by the sons of Australia. Soldiers of Australia, whose brothers lie here in French soil, be assured that your memory will always be kept alive and that the burial places of your dead will always be respected and cared for. The school in Villers Bretonneux was uh, rebuilt using donations from uh, school children here in, in Victoria, in Australia. And above every blackboard is the inscription, let us never forget Australia. The purpose of all wars is peace. And in that village of Villers Bretonneux, 1,200 Australian soldiers lost their lives so that the people of that village could return to living in freedom and peace. A freedom and peace they still experience today. The words of Jesus recorded for us in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so today, we simply come to remember and to be thankful. To be thankful for the freedom that we enjoy in this great land. To be thankful for those who have gone before striving to give us that freedom and to protect that freedom, to be thankful for those that still fight in our defence forces, both here and around the world, and to commit ourselves to, to stand against injustice. To stop, to reflect, and to pray for a world that desperately needs the touch of Jesus. The great hymn, Abide With Me, is sung so often at Anzac services and at funerals. It was written by Henry Light, an Anglican minister, who was visiting a dying friend. And as this dying man lay there, waiting for the end of his life, he kept on repeating the words, Abide with me. Abide with me. Don't leave me. Stay with me. Abide with me. And so Henry Light wrote those words, and as he meditated on this man saying those words, he was also meditating on a passage of scripture that Keith opened for us last week about the road to Emmaus. And you remember on that road to Emmaus when the two disciples were walking along the road, Jesus appeared to them. They didn't realize it was Jesus at the time. But Jesus appeared to them and as they came to the village towards the end of the day, they turned to Jesus and they said, Abide with us, for it is towards evening. And the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. We're now going to sing uh, Abide With Me. It's a song that was sung regularly 
uh, in, in the trenches of World War I. So Thomas is going to come and lead us. Um, and I'm going to ask that you stand and then remain standing because straight after that, Phil's going to come and read to us uh, the Ode of Remembrance. And then Glenn will be playing for us the last post. We'll have a minute's silence and then Glenn will play for us again. So let's stand together. They shall not grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them, lest we forget. Thank you, friends. Please be seated. Triumph out of defeat. There is much to be said um, about Anzac Day and Anzac Day, that Anzac Day and Good Friday uh, have in common. Uh, each calls us to remember. Uh, both days have their sceptics and their cynics that believe that these are myths. Sometimes those myths keep growing in proportion each year. Probably many Australians would uh, look at both of those days on the calendar and say it's a pretty good excuse for a holiday. If they wanted a holiday for this Anzac Day, they've kind of dipped out, haven't they? But the similarities don't just stop there. Similarities of Australia Day, uh, sorry, of Anzac Day and Good Friday. The similarities don't just stop there. Both they share the intrigue of political betrayal, of treachery, of dashed hopes, of young life cut short, 
more of a sense of the absence of God than the presence of God. Soldiers who have known the hell of war, I'm sure, can identify uh, very much with the cry of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Both days tell of the ultimate sacrifice, the giving of a life for another. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And yet the differences between the two days, the differences between Anzac Day and Good Friday are more pronounced than their similarities. Anzac Day was a part of World War I, which was dubbed the, the war to end all wars. Well, you know, that was far from true. History tells us all about that. And yet on the other hand, Jesus, one God-man, not an army, achieved something of lasting, of an eternal significance. His death accomplished all that was necessary for all humanity, for all time, to have full and complete access to our Creator, to our Father God. On the cross, sin was dealt with once and for all. And it has an international effect. No difference between tribes and nations and tongues and all those things. For all people everywhere. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might dare to die. But God demonstrated his love to us in this. Even though we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's right to look at Anzac Day through the lens of our faith in Jesus Christ and through our gathering this morning. It's important that Anzac Day today, falling on a Sunday, is part of our service today because the cause of war and the remedy for war is all part of a spiritual issue. It's all part of a spiritual issue. The Apostle James writes, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. It's the lusting of the human heart for power. That is the issue. Our desire for power for control, for possessions to accumulate. But there is a solution. The real, the real difference for us as Christians is that Good Friday was followed by Resurrection Sunday. And then Resurrection Sunday gives us hope for the future. Whether we're standing there remembering the loss of people that fought for our nation at Lone Pine or on the Western Front, or in more recent battles, or whether we're standing with family and mourning the loss of a loved one amongst our own number, as some of our church family have done this week. It's the resurrection power of Jesus that gives us victory and gives us hope for the future. Jesus is alive, and with that is a knowledge that our God is able. God is able to bring peace, peace to each heart as each bows a knee before our God and makes our peace individually with him. But there is coming a day 
when we will experience peace, perfect peace, peace the prophet Isaiah wrote about. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn any more. Well, Lord, we pray that you would hasten that day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do want to praise you and thank you that even today in this place we can freely open up your word, sing, proclaim it together. And again, we just want to declare our praise and our thanks. Lord, firstly to you that we have your word and we have hope for the future. But Lord, we also want to be thanking those who have gone before, who have paid the way for our freedom. Thank you. Thank you for this wonderful country that we live in, for the privilege we have to experience life here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.